idiot. So you guys hang tight. Good to sit the edges. I gotta grow a beard. Well, all right, all right, all right. Welcome to the Dynasty Hot Sauce Podcast. I am Larry Monkey, and you can find me on Twitter at FFLarryMonkey. And I'm here with Justin Rogers, and you can find him on Twitter at RunDFF. Where are you, my man? He's running right now. Oh, I saw him running across the screen. Jay, here I am. Here I am. Whew. Hold on. I had to make a run to the fridge. Nice. Because ah, it's not sober Justin season, so... That's right. Sober Larry season. We have three weeks left of sober Larry season. I do not drink from the first of the year until St. Patrick's Day, and we are closing in on that date. And um, you know, hasn't really been a big deal. It's usually like uh, first couple weeks, you're like ah, you know, you know. But now it's just like whatever, man. I, I I don't miss feeling like shit. I don't miss you know eating a frozen pizza at one in the morning. You know that you were a little under the weather today, and I'm not sure if that was what you say it was or if it may have been just a little fiend oh that is yes i did get the second covid shot of the moderna vaccine i got my second shot first one looks like uh, it felt like somebody had punched me in the arm a uh, hundred times i woke up the next morning after that and i was just very sore in my arm today was a whole nother ball game woke up i felt like somebody had beaten me with uh, a baseball bat in my sleep. I, my, my, all, all my joints were sore. As the day is progressing, a fever set in. I got up to about 103. So uh, popped some Tylenol. I was on the couch the whole time. and But nothing was going to deter me from not enjoying an episode of the Hot Sauce Pod, especially when we have... Well, hold on. A, oh, 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 oh. Got, there's a theme song here. There's a theme oh. song, and you guys don't know it yet, but... Booty, 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 rocking everywhere, rocking everywhere, rocking everywhere. I like that. <laughs> All right. Because uh, our guest likes some thick ass. <laughs> we got the diva of Debbie, Katie Flower. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Uh, that's a great intro. Thank you very much. A, a lead in. I'm going to make it a true hashtag. The SAPR, the steak ass power ranking. And that's a term that I use in for running backs only. I don't want my running backs to have a little bitty butt. They got to have a big steak ass. Ooh. So I'm happy to be here to uh, chat about some football rookies, Debbie, whatever y'all want to talk about. I'm ready. That's fantastic. And you are the co-host of the Under the Helmet podcast, the Rails podcast with the Dynasty Madman. And yeah. people can find you on Twitter at FF underscore Skyler 399. We kind of <laughs> dropped just a little a little uh, dime on folks last week, and we didn't really get into it. But right. we are starting a listener league. Yep. And there's going to be more than 10 spots available Yep, because we're doing a 14-teamer. 14 and since Larry and I have opposing views, we are definitely not sharing a team. So 12 spots available. It's going to be to our listeners. So Larry got all crazy. And, and I think what last Thursday, he's typing out stuff on Twitter and hitting at my fantasy league. And I texted him like, hey, 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 hey. I'm going to bring the randos. We don't want the randos. We want 100% correct. And I, I deleted the, the tweet right away. I was like, oh, my God. he's uh, that's, But he was, right. Larry was so excited about about a listener league. So you guys listen listening out there, 14 team Superflex. You know, we like the 1.75 premium. So that's what you're looking for. We're your guys. There you go. So in order to get into this, just DM me or Justin or the hot sauce pod 
uh, Twitter, the Twitter box. So Katie, me and Justin are, it's almost, it's like startup season right now. And I know that you are getting into what a base best ball, um, a best ball startup right now. Yes. It's a super flex with a little bit of a, it's one and a half point PPR for tight ends, but it's basically an a la carte. You can start one to six of pretty much any position or one to two in the quarterback position and being best ball that gives you a lot of flexibility. Sure. You can build a roster a hundred different ways like that. Yeah. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Now, do you go into a best ball startup differently than you would go in your traditional roster setting league? 100% different. The difference is you can reach out for a guy that is inconsistent, but that Mm -hmm. has some top five weeks out of it. He's got a high ceiling, but he can also disappoint. You don't have to worry about putting him in your lineup and hitting that big mark. And you can you can draft a bunch of those guys and be successful. You don't have to get the steady Eddie that, oh, man, at quarterback, I got to get this stud because you can have three or four on your roster. And as long as they're not on the same bye week, you've got a fair chance of getting at least two of them that put up decent points. So, right. yeah. It's different as far as who I draft. My philosophy as to how I draft is pretty similar, whether it's best ball or, or regular start lineup. So in, in that situation, in startups, do you like to trade a lot? Do you like to move up and down in the draft, depending on if you see a player you like, or are you kind of best player available all the way through? I If I can't trade back, I'm more of a trade back and acquire yeah. other assets rather than trading up. But when you're trading back and gaining assets, if you do see a player that's the end of a tier, then you've got the ability to use some of those assets to move up. I'm not afraid to move up if I see my guy that's the last one of a particular tier and it may be a while before I draft again. Yeah, and it depends on where you are in the draft order, whether you get a a choice or you're stuck with whatever the dice roll is. Particular one, I got the 102. Nobody wanted the trade, so I took best player available. Who was your uh, best player available at 102? Mahomes went 101, and I took Josh Allen at 102. What I look for in Superflex in a in a quarterback in round one specifically, the guy's got to have three years experience mm-hmm. and some top five weeks. He's got top five upside. He's had he's had a lot of top five weeks more so than Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray has a lot of top 12 weeks, but Josh Allen has more top five. And plus, Josh Allen has a bigger frame. I'm not, he is a running quarterback, but he's become more of an accurate passer. He's got a great arm to throw the ball down the field. I think he's just a bigger, more durable guy. I do like Kyler Murray a lot. Lamar Jackson isn't the greatest passer. So comparing all of my options, and I thought it would have been a reach for Russell Wilson as much as I like Russell Wilson a lot at the 102. Speaking of a best ball quarterback, as far as the high tier goes, Russell Wilson is the best ball quarterback if you can get a little deal on him because he has those crazy high weeks and then he's got those stinkers that you just don't want him in your lineup. As far as the top tier quarterbacks go, he's like the only probably the only one that is that extreme with the way he plays week to week or the way he puts out numbers. Cause it's not like he's playing bad. He just doesn't get the volume sometimes that you expect. That is true. But for the, for the upside, I'd still rather have him yeah. over a guy like a Derek Carr or oh, sure. uh, somebody else like that. How far in are you in this, in your startup right now? 
We're in the third round, and I'm monitoring as we go. Uh, we're at 306. Justin Fields just left the board at 306. Uh, he's the second rookie. Trevor Lawrence went at 107, which I got a month ago, one month ago in a Superflex startup. And this is the difference when you have the name of the rookie. These We're actually drafting the rookies, not just a draft mm-hmm. slot. A right. month ago, we were using draft position holders I got the 101 at 207. So wow. just in a month, he's moved up one full round. I don't even know how that's possible. Like what was going on a month ago is completely irrelevant to what is happening now in Dynasty. Everything Star- has changed. It's Everything crazy. Well, uh, doesn't that tell you that people tend to rely on the ADP window or the selection window, the drafting window, if you will, whatever it's called, uh, instead of just drilling down for that 1.01. I mean, the startup we're in, we're in the fantasy timeline, listener league, Justin and I, and the, the rookies are classified by their pick number associated with a quarterback position. So you'd have to put rookie, all the draft slots will, will show up. Right now, there's not been enough drafts for the rookies to be that high in MFL. So you got to go searching. If you want Trevor Lawrence, you got to know. In fact, they didn't have the rookies turned on. The commissioner accidentally didn't have the box checked, even though (laughs) the intention was. The person at 107 had to ask the commissioner to make sure to turn them on. Yeah. They knew exactly who they wanted, which is fine. Our friend Larry here at uh, the 103 slot. Wasn't the 103, Larry? That's correct. Yes. At the 103 took the rookie 101, which of course will be Trevor Lawrence. So yeah. now the reason I did that is because why can't he be the 103? Oh, no, it's fine. It's it's the, I, I think there is literally Mahomes and then a tier of seven quarterbacks. Well, the, and this particular startup be- went eight quarterbacks in a row. Uh, the reason I took Lawrence, I wanted to have some fun. This is the fantasy timeline. There's, you know, there we're in this league. There's a, there are some buddies of ours and, you know, I was horsing around and I knew it wasn't, it's not like I was horsing around sabotaging my team. You know, I, everyone's everyone says Lawrence is the real deal. What's the worst that can happen? He's, if he has a just Justin Herbert season, we've talked about this, but he might be in contention for the one, one with Mahomes next year. Yeah, the Josh Rosen season. If he, then if he has a Josh Rosen season, then he will be then we, then everyone on the team. Was dead ass wrong. Is yes, what then I'll was. be wrong. Exactly. Then Gardner Minshew would be my will be my starter. Then all the people, <laughs> all the people that did the clickbait, Trevor Lawrence is you know QB four rank in their rankings. They'll go you know strutting around like a peacock in the in a field somewhere. Just yeah. I wanted to have fun. The first five picks, I took all rookies. Um, and actually five out of the first six picks because I took acres in the in round two. So I'm gonna load up on, on all those those rookies. The thing with quarterbacks in a startup and, and in any startup, the last thing that you want is your first 10 guys or eight guys to just the next year be losing value or completely off off yeah. the charts. You basically want to build a core that you can then trade and work around and, and work your way up. Quarterback is so volatile. Even, you know, somebody, I don't remember who it was, posted on Twitter the other day that if the first seven players in a Superflex startup are not quarterbacks, then you're doing it wrong. Well, in this particular draft, we had 10 out of the top 12. I've never seen it that many. As quarterback heavy as I've seen leagues and I've drafted in a lot of startups, this one had 10. And I can guarantee you that even a year from now, 
some of those picks are going to look really, really ugly. When it comes to rookies and quarter the quarterback position, I've done a lot of studying because, as you know, I play Debbie and and quarterbacks and Debbie are even higher risk. From 2009, somebody on my Debbie chat board posted this, and then I, I added a little bit of my own research to it. But from 2009 to 2016, there have been 22 quarterbacks drafted in the first round of the NFL draft. Zero of them are starting for the team that drafted them. Zero out of 22. That's from 2009 <laughs> to 2016. And there's there's question marks on some of the 2017, Mitch Trubisky and Daniel Jones, and later some of these other guys, Tua Tungabailoa, who was one of the greatest college quarterbacks. Everybody's, you know, I, raving I about higher, higher than Joe Burrow in rookie drafts in some cases. And there's question as to whether Miami's going to stick with him after year one. I think some of that is what's tending to drive the price of the top quarterbacks up, though, is that the second tier or third, not even second, because it's, I think really you have two tiers in the first round, that third, fourth, fifth tier of quarterbacks is kind of rough. If you look at the ADP from, from last year at this time to now, of the top 10 quarterbacks, eight of them are still in the top 10. The only ones right. that dropped out were Baker and Carson Wentz. So you've got some stability there from, from one year to the now, not two, three years out the road. But if you're a person that trades, you're not worried about losing value on a top 10 quarterback per se. You know, if you've got an 80% hit rate on value, at least, I mean, you can't, you can't really beat that. Sure. As long as you don't put Joe Burrow and guys that are unproven into that category, that's where when you put Baker Mayfield or Carson Wentz mm-hmm. higher because they're young. Right. Being young as a quarterback doesn't mean crap because once they hit, once they've been three years, four years, they re-up their rookie contract, they're generally pretty safe as far as being a starter in the NFL. They may still get traded. They may still end up starting for a different team, i.e. like Jared Goff just did. Everybody thought, okay, he just signed a, a second contract. It's huge. They'll never move on from him. What did they do? They moved on from him. Yeah. Carson Wentz was seen to be a bulletproof. He was mm-hmm. a first round starter. So yeah, if you hit one of those guys, like guys that are undervalued right now are the Deshaun Watsons, the Russell Wilsons, the guys, Dak Prescott, guys that have done it for several years in a row. And they're being, you know, Justin Herbert is being crowned. I like Justin Herbert, but one year isn't going to make me want to draft him at the 106 in a startup. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. So, right. That's that's all I'm trying to say. Is another just, one of the things is seven of the top 10 fall into what I call an experienced quarterback with multiple years of high production. The only ones that don't are Herbert Burrow and, of course, Trevor Lawrence, who hasn't played a snap yet. But everyone else is. I mean, Kyler Murray is is two years high end production. Of course, Josh Allen has done it three years now. Lamar Jackson, two and a half. Mahomes, we we, we know these guys. Deshaun Watson's been doing it for four now. I mean, we've got such a high level of expectation for these guys because we've seen it for multiple seasons, and so it gives it a little bit more stability. The Carson Wentz thing was a was the oh my gosh, he was the MVP before he got hurt that one year, and we haven't seen oh, it yeah. since. And so it's been sort of a steady – it didn't drop off like it did like it did just this season. It didn't – it wasn't like that was something that was – that we expected. But we did right. see where he went from like the, the 101 to, you know, the 110 as far – or the 10th-ranked quarterback, I mean, which was a third or fourth-round pick as of a year ago. So it's a, it's a completely different ballgame now. Yeah, and look at guys like – 
again, Sam Darnold, he is fighting for his starting life and people are yeah. saying New York giant or jets should trade him. And uh, there's so much speculation at quarterback that I agree. You want to get a good one, a solid one in the first round if you can, but rather than push somebody up there that shouldn't be like Aaron Rodgers just went in the third round. That's insane value. That's great. Yeah, that's that's really this is also a best ball and in a best ball where you don't have to pick right which starting week that makes quarterbacks a little bit less important. You want to have quality, but you, you want to have quantity so that anybody can stink any given week, even Mahomes and even Josh Allen, any of those guys can have a bad week, at least with best ball. You don't have to worry about that. Well, Larry will be happy to hear. Uh, I'm in a 16 team auction startup right now. It's Debbie pretty high premium on, I think it's one with one seven five or two on the tight end. I can't remember. I got your boy Sam Darnold, I and I got him on the low, low. I know. So Patrick Mahomes went for three hundred and sixty dollars. Every top quarterback went three twenty or more. Stafford one seventy five. Carson Wentz one forty seven. Your pal Sam Darnold fifty nine dollars. Fifty nine in a situation where Jared Goff's going for ninety one, Daniel Jones for ninety six. I-, I couldn't pass up on the volume. Yeah. Yeah, that's the value there. And that's the thing that, that these kind of drafts, they always create pockets of value. Yeah, Somebody's going to slide. And what is sliding, um, this is, like I said, it's a one and a half PPR for tight end in this particular startup best ball. I got Travis Kelsey at the 301. Nice. Yeah. Now, he was the second second tight end off the board. Now, if it was me, I'd be trading him before the season, but it's great value. <laughs> yeah. So we have a, a bunch of quarterbacks that snuck into the first round. There's also a handful of quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks that are entering the league this year. How do how do they shake out for you? We touched on Lawrence and you mentioned Fields earlier, but that group of how many okay, let's just start this way. How many first round super flex quarterbacks do you foresee in a rookie draft? I think four. Four. So Mac Jones doesn't make the cut. Mac Mac Jones doesn't make the cut at all. <laughs> He's going to be a clipboard holder. He he may get a shot, but mm. uh, Trevor Lawrence, and then there's a golf, Justin Fields. And then after that, I like the upside of both Trey Lance and Zach Wilson, but I have them in that order. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, then Trey Lance, and then Zach Wilson. But there's a big gap between Trey Lance and Zach Wilson. I think Zach Wilson has the frame but not necessarily the brain. That's my biggest concern about him is sometimes he tries to get too cute. He's got some very good physical attributes, no question about it. I like his potential, but what's between the ears? That's the big question mark. And and we'll see, but you know, that was my big question mark about Carson Wentz back at when he was coming out North Dakota State, and I said, he's got the frame. I don't know what he's got up inside of his head to be a pro quarterback. There's so much, I mean, if everybody could make it, why don't they all make it? I mean, these guys are all talented, talented guys. And a lot of it depends on your offensive line. If you start getting David Carr hit over and over again, like Sam Darnold's been hit mm. over and over, he's yeah. seen ghosts. Mm-hmm. Any quarterback is going to see ghosts when they are rushed that many times. Landing spot will be dependent, but I think that those four guys will go for sure in the first round of the NFL. And therefore I think they will go in the first round of most super flex rookie drafts. I think that Mac Jones and Kyle Trask, one of the two may end up in late 
first or, I mean, even if they go mid first, it's going to be kind of like a Daniel Jones type thing. It'll yeah. be to a team that just really has fallen in love with the skill set. And you got to do a double check on their general manager's brain uh, as to why they would take them over whoever XYZ player. First it was, there was the big two. Now there's kind of like a big three. I don't know. Where do you stand on, on the whole rookie running back class that's that's coming out? Let's put our hands on some good, big old filet. Do it. Right. There's there's one prime filet in this mm-hmm. draft, and that's Najee Harris. Hands down, he's got the steak ass power Juicy. ranking number one. I like Etienne. <laughs> he's more Etienne is more landing spot dependent, but he's very talented, and I like him. He's a little bit behind. Harris. And for a while I had him like 1A, 1B, but the more that I really look into, I I watch a lot of college games on Saturday. I watch the whole game. And as I'm watching one game, I'm recording two others and I've got two, two DVRs in my house. So I'm always trying to record at least two games per time slot on both DVRs so that I can go back and watch the full game of, you know, something that was on a different station that I couldn't watch at the same time rather than just highlights. And, you know, the more that I dig into ETN, I I really think he's a talented guy, but he really needs the appropriate landing spot to do well in the NFL. I am not a hundred percent sold on Javonta Williams, although everybody has him as number three Mm. at this point, he is my number three, but with the caveat it's it's really going to come down to where is he drafted in the NFL? How does he test out? I know there's no combine this year, but there will be a pro day. Is he athletic enough? He looks pretty good on film, but we will see. If he goes round two or round three in the NFL, he's going to stay right where he is as RB3. And then there's a whole bunch of crap after that. And And what I mean by crap, I don't mean they're crappy players, but they're going to be a 1B to somebody's 1A in the NFL more than likely. There's a whole bunch of guys. And mm-hmm. I look for running backs. And Scott Connor, he and I are on off the rails together. He says the same the same thing, that a running back, if they're not going to be the elite bell cow, uh, <laughs> if they're not going to be the bell cow, the lead back that can do everything, they're big enough, powerful enough, and can run up the gut as well as catch passes and be the guy, then you want a home run hitter. You want somebody that's got a skill set that nobody else possesses or that can break them and, and get you fantasy points because just being an average guy. And I'm talking to you, Trey Sermon, who really doesn't do anything great. <laughs> does a lot of things. All right. That doesn't thrill me. I, that's why I like Chuba Hubbard more than I like Kenny Gainwell. I don't think Kenneth Gainwell is going to test as great as everybody thinks. And I like Chuba Hubbard. I know that he's got track speed and I know that he's got functional football speed. It's more than just running fast in a straight line. A lot of people are like, well, why did he have such a bad year? He really only had a bad year. If you compare him to himself, if you and Oklahoma state themselves had a bad year, they had an off year. He had, six and a half less carries per game or nine and a half. He dropped off significantly. His running quarterback also had a lot less rushes. They had only one offensive lineman that came back at Oklahoma State. So they had a lot of transition. They didn't run the ball as much 
whether it was uh, Chuba Hubbard or the quarterback. And it was a shortened season because of COVID and, and there's all kinds of excuses, but he, if you watch him, he did not look just horrible. He right. still looked good. He did leave some meat on the bone. You know, there were times when he got tackled when maybe he could have. What I've seen with Chuba, from Chuba is he's that guy that if he gets around the corner, he's gold. But to me, he hasn't been that inside the tackle runner that you want to see in the NFL. Getting outside doesn't always work. That's just how I've felt watching his play. And I've not dived deep into what he has done. But that's just the surface level you know, watching college football. I think that in the right offense as a 1B to somebody's 1A, mm-hmm. he's not going to be that bell cow. Yeah. But if he gets six to eight, six to 10 carries per game and six to eight receiving targets per game, he's fantasy relevant. Absolutely. Because he can break one of those passes. He's got the upside. He's He's got the breakaway talent more so than some of the other guys. And there's other guys that I like as well for deeper down. But this is a bad running back class. We were rewarded last year. We had a lot of great running backs. If you needed a running back last year was the time to get them. If if I can't get one of the top two running backs, I'm more than likely either going to trade my pick unless there's a wide receiver or other position that I like, but just trade out of the draft and get somebody that's undervalued from last year's class or maybe from two years ago. But I'm not going to force a day three running back up the board just because they got a great landing spot if I don't believe that they are physically capable, especially when there's going to probably be five or six wide receivers that are NFL round one that are more talented. There's no sense in in pushing running backs up the board just because. Larry, I don't know if you noticed in our draft right now, we're in the 17th round. But in that, that 14th and 15th round, I hammered the late second, early third. 212, 301, 302. And what was interesting is you had made a comment in the chat like, oh, I don't know why everyone's taking picks. Well, you know, some good players out well, there. Well, it's psychological feel, warfare from you. Well, no, it's because I didn't feel great about spending on the 203 when I saw players available. What I see in rookie drafts coming up is that there's going to be some, some lottery ticket running backs in that range that are going to be you know, an injury away from having a shot, that kind of thing. But they're going to fall because this is not the strongest running running back class. I'm counting on being able to get a handful of running backs in that late second, early third, that maybe I can at some point plug one of them in, that kind of thing. But no, I think that this draft class is solid up until about the 202, 203 range. And then it's just a precipitous drop off of who the hell do I want here, that kind of thing. And it depends. If you're playing super flex and tight end premium, then it goes all the way through to the end of the second round pretty easily. And and then it drops off. But yeah. even still, there's still going to be guys in the round three. And especially because of no combine, there's going to be some steals in round three of your rookie drafts this year, just because people will be less aware of them. Right. There's the guy that, that, that goes berserk at the combine that shoots up the board and everyone's like, oh, man, I got to have this guy. And then There will be some guys in the NFL draft that people are going to be checking their board. Who, who never heard of this? Who's this J.B. and Hawkins dude? Or <laughs> who's, who's this Rakeem Boyd? Or, uh, you know, where did this guy come from? Just out of the blue. So we are three weeks away from the start of free agency. And there's been a lot of talk about the Green Bay backfield. 
Yes. And Aaron Jones, they have A.J. Dillon, who they drafted pretty high last year. How does that Green Bay backfield shake out for you? I personally do not think they're going to hang on to Jones. I don't think they can afford to, given their cap. That's not their M.O. I think the whole reason that they that they picked up A.J. Dillon in round two was hey, here's the heir apparent. Let me ask you this. When Dylan got in the games late in the season, did he not look like the guy that could carry the load, the lion's share of the carries in Green Bay? They had Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Those were the 1A, 1B from 99% of the season. But when Dylan finally got a chance to get in late in the season, did he or did he not look like an RB1? Yeah, he looked great. He put up fantasy numbers. He can catch the ball. He's got that stake ass. And I don't see any reason if they let Jones walk, do you see any reason that AJ Dillon could not put up the numbers that Jones did and be a, an RB one in that first round of startups or second round of startups by this time next year? I don't know that he has the receiving chops that Jones does. I don't think he's got the receiving chops that Jones does per se, but I think that he can catch the ball enough and he's more of a bell cow. He's more of the guy that can take that ball up the gut. He's a lot heavier. He will definitely be able to get it in, you know, from any, anywhere inside the 10 yard line, he'll be able to get it into the end zone too. So I, I think he's a different back, but as far as being a fantasy RB one, I don't see any reason that's, that's my ceiling for him. I think that if he gets the starting role, I don't see why he can't be a fantasy RB1. Now, where was I buying him last year? I was buying him in rookie drafts anywhere from 201 to 206, depending. And sometimes I think I may have bought him one time at the 112. But for the most part, early second, mid second, between him and Antonio Gibson, it just depended on how the draft played out. T. Higgins was in that range also, and I liked him a lot last year too at that price point. And then a month ago, and I know a lot changes in a month, I got him in round 11 of our startup draft when the rookie 202 was being drafted off the board. So which would you rather have, this year's rookie 202 or A.J. Dillon? Again, we'll answer the question, I would rather have A.J. Dillon. Now, I've seen him go in one month time. I heard that now he's going in round five of startup drafts. That's listening to me and saying, oh, well, she thinks he's going to be round one, round two. So round five is a bargain. That's not what I'm saying. I don't advise anybody to go out and do that. That's too much risk. And there's better players. You could get the the rookie 104, 105, 106 in that range. So unless there's different price points at the bargain value in the round two, I am holding on to them. I'm not selling now. I haven't, the best I've been offered was a 111 in one league. And I was like, Sorry, I bought him for like the 202. The 111 isn't going to do yeah, that. Not moving the needle. Right, exactly. Based on the fact that we're only months away from finding out, or even we're just weeks away from finding out whether or not he has that potential to be the starter. If Jones walks, what's that going to do to A.J. Dillon's value without him even getting on the field again? Yeah, It's going right. to skyrocket. Yeah, I think if we don't see Aaron Jones get the franchise tag, that's going to be a huge boon to to Dylan's value. I still fear that they could use it because it's what eight million dollars or something. It's it's not. It's pretty cheap actually. 
the franchise tag for a running back. It's just ridiculous how low it is compared to, you know, a wide receiver having to pay them 17 mil a year or a quarterback 35 mil a year. They're I mean, 22.5 million over the cap with 41 players signed. So I just, again, it doesn't sound like much, but they've already got the running back in round two at a rookie contract that they don't have to pay seven, eight million a year. No, that's, that, that's fair. But I, there's so much restructuring and stuff that the cap literally means almost nothing. These guys, it's not like they're looking at one year at a time. Every team has a cap specialist on their staff and they're looking at how can we restructure? Here's the guys we can restructure next year. Here's the guys we can cut because they suck and, and we don't have any guaranteed money left in in their uh, contract, that kind of thing. So there's still a lot of wiggle room. I and mean, we're talking about the Saints re-signing Jameis Winston and they're, what, not 70 or $90 million over the cap? I mean, it's it's ridiculous. I didn't think there was going to be any conversation of that. And somehow it's the, the talk of the town is that Jameis Winston is the starter next year. I mean, is Jameis Winston taking – a one million dollar year uh, deal to start for the Saints when he can probably go get ten or fifteen from somewhere else. Probably not. So where are they getting that money? Let's look into the future a little bit. Twenty twenty two. How many locked in first rounders are right now? Say locked in. There's six of them. This is in a super flex. Yes. Rookie draft. Yeah. So Spencer Rattler and Sam Howell. Sure. Quarterbacks locked in. Mm-hmm. Running backs Isaiah Spiller and Brees Hall mm. locked in. Wide receivers David Bell and George Pickens. My man. In. And then there's three that are semi-locky. Three wide receivers. I'm not going to say that they're locks, but I'm going to say if everything breaks right, they'll be there. And that's Garrett Wilson from Ohio State, Chris Olave from Ohio State, and Traylon Burks from Arkansas. Whoop it, <laughs> First time we've had a wide receiver over six foot tall, and first time we've had one really being very promoted in Debbie, and yeah. I'm very excited. So I'd say six that are locked in, and then there's a whole bunch of running backs that there's question marks, but they can be there. They have the talent. They got to put the season. They've had injuries or a little bit this and a little bit that, and they need to right. put up a really good year. And uh, one of them is your Georgia boy, Zamir White. I think that he could. He's got to stay healthy and put up the year. But Zeus, uh, if Zeus goes loose, then uh, lock him in uh, too. But there's just a lot of question marks. I think it's going to be a good class, but there's still a lot to prove. Viridian Global, uh, our merch manufacturer. I don't know, Katie, if you've checked out this sweet hoodie. It looks pretty Hold that. I'm going to try and screenshot that. Hold on. Hold on. It looks pretty saucy, Larry. Not only that, it is the softest hoodie I own. And I own some hoodies. This is, uh, I put this on. Now, I don't know. So I wasn't really expecting much. I get this. I put it on. I'm like, oh my God, this is instantly my favorite hoodie right away. I was like, this is, this is super soft. I've had this on for like two days now. I haven't taken it off. We have a lot of t-shirts. We got a lot of youth, some kids shirts. I know. I mean, I, I love buying my, my daughter pod t-shirts you know and she loves them too because they, they have like you know they have funny designs on them and stuff and she's all about the hot sauce pod 20 percent off your total order by putting in dynasty hot sauce in the special code box when you uh go to pay so viridian global go pick up some dynasty hot sauce merch get the merch get the merch it looks, good. It looks really good on you thank you thank you very much we're gonna start up the fantasy timeline listener league with our friends over there uh, super duper flex and real fantasy tl how do you think your team's going so far justin uh, it's super deep at wide receiver and i'm happy at quarterback and tight end i don't know what the hell i'm gonna do at running back 
I neglected the position because because the uh, value was elsewhere. I don't know how I feel. <laughs> now, this was the league that went eight quarterbacks right out of the gate. So the whole league was kind of in a tizzy, like, oh, boy. Wow, okay. So the other guys kind of were just sitting out there. Katie, Look, when you when you were in a position where all these quarterbacks just fly off the board, are you – I don't know. How do I have – I can't read my own handwriting. This is what happens when you do this two days ago. Justin, I don't know what he wrote, but I got a question. Are you trying <laughs> to, to go with the flow, or, or do you like to pivot and just take the value? No, you've got to pivot and take the value. When they zig, you, you've got to zag or vice versa. If there's a run on quarterbacks, uh, you're not going to push a Matt Ryan up the board five rounds just because – yeah, seven or ten have gone off the board. You're going to have to be patient, and you're going to have to trust in your own ability. Get the best players you can, because eventually they're going to not have running backs or wide receivers, and you're going to have a ton of really good ones, and then they're going to want to trade. I mean, the, what creates a good trade is when one person has a brand new pair of roller skates and the other has a brand new key, and that's an old Dolly Parton song. You guys probably never even heard of it, but. Oh, <laughs> I, I, you know, being from the south, I still don't know that. No, I, 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 I do love either. So <laughs> I do love country music, but I have not heard that key roller skate thing. That's a really old song, and I just showed my age. <laughs> so, you, you mentioned that, and um, you know what? Straps are they're stressful, man. When you're on the clock, and you, there's 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 this guy, and there's that guy, then you have a need, and you know there's there's not as many folks that you would think are on the same level as other folks when it comes to drafting in a startup. I mean, a lot of people, this is their first and only one of the year, you know, and they didn't do one last year. So this is their first dynasty startup. And there's, there's just all these new values now and all these new players too. Gosh, can you imagine not having done a startup in two years and walking into the shit show that it is right now? I can't imagine and no one doing a startup last year when that's all there was. to do <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, Oh, looks like I'm stuck in the house for COVID. Can we do three or four? <laughs> startup? Yeah, <laughs> I'm doing more this year than last year. I think I'm adding five. After deciding we're going to do a listener league last week, I think this is going to be five editions this year. If I'm doing my yeah. math correct, and that is correct. Dynasty, whether it's in the startup, in season, rookie drafts, it doesn't matter. Patience is the key. And so many people that I play against or that I talk to or that I try to help and advise, they're just not patient. Yeah. Like they'll get they'll get Jalen Rager in the mid round first last year. They trust in his talent. They like the guy. And then he has an off rookie season, which is typical for a wide receiver. If they do go off, that's a bonus, but you shouldn't expect them to. Hmm. And now he's ready to throw in the towel and and go for the new shiny penny and lose all the value that he had instead of being patient. It's like and it's the same thing in startup drafts. I don't like to be the the person that breaks the tier open. I'd rather be the person that I'll take the guy towards the end of the tier. So that's sure. perfect time to trade back. And if you can't trade back, then you've got to stick a pin in the best player available, knowing when is your next pick, 23 picks from now or whatever it is, depending on where you draft, where your slot is. And you just have to be patient and wait. And then same thing with, I don't want to necessarily leak a lot of draft capital trading up unless I've already accrued some trading back in earlier rounds 
and then I see somebody falling and the value is screaming. And even even with my trade up, I'm still going to break even or better. Katie, do you want to hear a great snipe? I love so, great snipes. <laughs> so our friend Jerry O'Shea lives over in Ireland and he is sharing a team with Rocky from Trade Addicts. And they had corresponded. We know our pick and Rocky puts in the chat. Pick is ready. Just hopefully nobody snipes us because we only got one guy that we talked about. Oh, great. I don't know. I don't know what they're talking about. Right. But Harrison Bryant just went like, I don't know, five picks earlier or whatever. And I was planning on taking Adam Troutman and I just figured he would fall, come back to me. But after Harrison Bryant went and that was, you know, when you go scrolling down the ADP, he's way down at the bottom. So I, you know, I'm, I'm, I have that mindset like, okay, I need to make a move. And for some reason, I just had it in the back of my head. I got to get in front of Rocky and Jerry. Boom. I trade into that spot. Take Adam Troutman. They ended up with uh, Cole Beasley. Oh, nice. <laughs> I, like, I, like, I like that. You said it's tight end premium. Yeah. Yes. One and a half, so yeah. One yeah, one, yeah. So Troutman has a good possibility of being the starter in New Orleans this year, whether it's Jameis Winston or whoever at quarterback there, as long as it's not Taysom Hill. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I mean that's the beauty of having uh, doing the pod and having all these different guests come on and, and offer their insight. And I don't know what about Justin, but I take a little bit of something from everybody. And and it, I don't know, I, I just can remember Ricky Valero just being like Adam Troutman, Adam Troutman of the Devi Delight, Adam yeah, Troutman, yeah. Adam Troutman, Adam Troutman. Uh, and I was like, you know what? I need Adam Troutman on my team. <laughs> so I got him. No, I, I'm the same way. Like uh, if I listen to someone and they make a good argument about somebody, I just can't resist at least somehow putting it in my brain like all right well that completely made sense and i want that player we do have some trades let's talk about trades trades trade trade alert trade alert trade alert this was in the pigs league scott fish's pigs league i made this deal with uh, dynasty outhouse uh are you familiar with the pigs leagues katie i have uh seen the structure i've never played in one but yes i'm familiar and you have, as, you have as much familiarity as, as I do because I <laughs> and he's in the league so and I'm in the league. Right. So uh, I made this deal. You tell me which what side you have. Larry, hold on. Tell the people okay. about the pigs. What what exactly are the settings? Okay, so this is where it gets fuzzy for me. So yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a copy That's league. Part, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a copy league. There are two copies for everybody. There's like 48, 28 teams. Okay. Is this a two? Is this a fourteen-team two-copy? Yes. Okay. So go ahead with that, Larry. So maybe you guys can help me out because I still don't understand if I made a good deal or not. Anyway, so Matt Stafford and DK Metcalf or AJ Dillon, Jalen Hurts, and the one one point two five. Fourteen-team superflex. Is there a tight end premium in this one? Debbie component. It's all auction related. Sure, it's Debbie. Oh, it's Debbie depleted and an auction. So Stafford and Metcalf or Dylan Hurts and a late first, which is and just auction, auction money. Yep, it's money. Yep. Easily, that's easily for me the Stafford side, a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I agree. Good. I like Stafford more than Hurts, and I like Metcalf over Dylan. Good afternoon. So here's the joke of the day. Oh, the joke of the day. Yeah, apparently I said something that activated my Alexa <laughs> over there. Well, what's the joke? Hey, Alexa, shut up. I don't know what the joke was. I couldn't listen. <laughs> uh, yeah, Stafford over Hurts and uh, Metcalf over Dylan with the first not being enough to matter in an auction. Unless, unless of course, you already have like eight of the first of the first rounders and you needed to acquire more first round capital. 
Right. So I, yes, I did have the Stafford side. Uh, I'm not, I'm not big on Hertz. I'm not a big Hertz guy based on what, what we just talked about. AJ Dillon, I really like. Uh, so I had a part with him, but, but I, I couldn't resist having, getting Metcalf on my team. It was my only share of Stafford in that Rams offense. And who knows how that'll go. And then the pick, the pick was the, was what I didn't understand. I was like 125. I don't even know what, how much money this is worth or whatever. And I don't know. <laughs> I was like, all I saw was Metcalf and Stafford. And anyway, Scott Fish tweeted about this trade, and he said, I don't know which side I, I like. It was pretty even for him. So well, that- a lot of people are higher, are higher on Hurts uh, because of his rushing upside. I think that the Dylan Hurts and auction 1.25 has the highest risk. If I'm going to make a trade of a veteran quarterback and arguably Metcalf went, he was the first wide receiver off the board in this draft. He's he's been one of the top three wide receivers off the board in, in many of the startups I've seen. So if I'm going to move that kind of talent, and Stafford is no slouch as a quarterback in a 14-team super flex, I want a more stable piece as the key piece. And then, yeah, give me the high upside other guys. But to me, it feels like there's one big vet missing from the from the Dylan Hurts and auction first side of the coin. You know, the Hurts thing for me, he's a great short-term player. But I just don't know how confident I am that he's going to be the starter in 2022 or beyond. Like in 2021, in redraft, he's going to be, if if they don't draft somebody, at the sixth spot, if they don't move up, whatever it is, if they don't take Trey Lance at one at the sixth spot in the draft, whatever it is, if they don't do that, then he's going to be a great redraft value. But I don't want him in Dynasty because I just don't know if I feel confident that he's going to be st- that he's going to be there in a year or two. You can get the production, but you're not going to get the value. Of course, it's the off season right now, the non point scoring season, as Outhouse would say. Yeah. So I always want the value. So you made this trade with Outhouse. Yeah, like a week ago. And he gave up his boy, Seattle Metcalf. Seahawks fan Metcalf. Wow. I believe he was collecting picks. He's been after Dylan from me for a couple of years okay. now. When Dylan went to Green Bay, I guess his value kind of took a hit because he was uh, it cooled off. And then you know everyone started getting Dylan. So staying within the Pigs League, hot off the press, I just got this offer. Trade alert. This came from Matt Price. Yeah, Matt Price sending sending me AJ Dillon, another copy of AJ Dillon. Sure. Uh, he's looking for Chase Claypool, and Mike Isek. I don't. I think Chase Claypool and AJ Dillon are probably in the same range tier of of value. So I'm not adding Gasecki yet. Right. Yeah. I really like Gasecki this year because what he did with Tua late season, I think he can be really good this year. Top five, six guy. I think I fleeced this guy on this deal. This is this is a home league. Just taking advantage of the offseason, sent the 209 for LaVisca Chenault. That's yeah. a 209 rookie pick? 209 rookie pick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you know what side, just from that reaction, that was Vishka all day. Yeah. This one's a little controversial. I did this in the draft, in the startup. I got sniped by the Fantasy Timeline guys. They share a team, and they took Michael Pittman, and I really wanted him. So I offered up a 22 first for Pittman and got him. Pittman. You like that? I do. Pittman for a first. I really like Pittman, and I don't know. I'm, I think that the way that wide receiver room will shake out, I think he'll be – I think he can be an alpha. Here's the only thing I worry about with this, Katie, is Larry has built his team on rookie picks. It's all rookie picks. First and second year, guys. It's all youngsters. So so it's I likely think to be a high 22 first. Is that what I you're think saying? It could be mid to high. If, if you just 
state the trade the way that it was for a random 22 first and anything can happen. Young guys can score fantasy points. But the question I always ask myself is, is Pittman going up in value or down in value this year? Because could you wait and buy him for that 22 first later on? Like, is he going to help your team enough this year or how much is he going to increase in value? If you think he's going to increase in value, then it's a steal. But if it's a top three, 22 first, because your team is bad, then, or if it's super flex, then it changes the equation. But in a vacuum, sure. like everybody likes to say, I always... Uh, now, Leary does have a lot of rookie capital. The 101, 103, 104, 105, 109, some mid-seconds, et cetera. And he's got IU, Claypool, Jerry Pittman, Judy, Ingram, Smith, Eric Smith, and Adam Troutman. So he's got some... He does have some commodities. Oh, yeah, K-Makers in there somewhere, sure. The only thing... All right, so this is what I... Larry messaged me, what do you think? And I, this is what I said. Are you giving up a first for Carson Wentz right now? Katie, how do you feel about that? Are you giving up a first for Carson Wentz? If it were a late first, probably. It's got to be. It's got to feel like a late first. Yeah. Because the thing is, if you're banking on Michael Pittman to gain value, you're banking on Carson Wentz to be decent, to be solid. Because bad Carson Wentz couldn't support a wide receiver three in Philly. So why do we think that he's going to support a wide receiver two or better in Indianapolis, unless you're banking on him being good. Yeah, I mean, I I think that Carson Wentz is better than what he showed in Philly, and sure. I think that the offensive line is a much bigger upgrade. That's, I agree. That's and, the key. And so if he stays vertical and doesn't see ghosts, then, yeah, I think that Carson Wentz could make Pittman's day and, and that it will all end up good. But, again, you're trading a future pick. So especially if your team is on the weaker side, I don't know that Pittman's going to strengthen your team enough to make that not a potentially top three. To pick. me, this is this – that, that's when it would start to really hurt. Yeah. To me, this really comes down to are you banking on being that team that's going to be competitive? Because otherwise, I think you might be able to buy Pittman a little bit cheaper in November when he's still, you know, wide receiver 30 instead of wide receiver 19. You never, you never know, though, you know, November. No, absolutely. And there's, there's, right. also, there's always risk in this. It's, that's, but that's the point. What we're doing right now is discussing whether it's worth the risk. You know, what's, yeah. the, what's the return on investment opportunity on this? If it were a rookie pick in this year's draft and you knew that it was 109 to 112, yeah. that makes it much easier. The way I always say it, too, is when are you going to set your starting lineup? Not tomorrow. Right. Not the next day. What is Michael Pittman going to do between now and September that's going to raise his value? Nothing. You could have made this trade instead of on the heat of the moment, I just lost my guy. You could have waited a couple months potentially and right. maybe spent less or maybe worked it a different way. One of your assets rises up or one of those rookie picks that you've got rises up in value. Then you might have gotten Pittman plus. Let's say you're on the clock at 106 and Devonta Smith is there. And, and maybe that's not the way you want to go. You could potentially trade that pick and get Pittman plus. Wow. I don't hate this if it's a late mid to late first, but the way my team was shaking out the way my wide receivers look, I feel like I will be a middle of the pack first year. And again, I'm a big time trader, so there's nothing yeah. to keep me from getting that first back at some point by making that deal. Now it just gives me more time to, work on getting that pick back if I really want it. <laughs> I love trading for picks that are a year away because a lot of people do throw them around like they're candy. 
Yeah. And yep. uh, a couple years ago in a Superflex, it was shortly after the startup. I think it was a 14 team. I traded James Washington for a 20. What year are we in? We're in 21. Yeah. I, I traded for a 2020 second and a 2021 first. The 2021 second ended up being the 212, yeah. and I got Antonio Gibson. Oh, God. <laughs> That's not fair. And then the 2021 rookie first ended up being the 103, and I need quarterbacks. You know, it's going to either be Trey Lance or Zach Wilson, or or if Justin Fields happens to fall or whatever. So I got a quarterback, an RB1 for James Washington just from two years ago, just timing the trade right. No, I I agree. I like getting future first. I made a move, traded down to grab a future first, and then traded back up using a second rounder later. So I ended up not losing much commodity value uh, because I didn't see a tier break between the third and fourth rounds. So I ended up with some extra picks later and gained that first over a second. Gave up a second, got a first, that kind of thing. Because I'd rather have future first than future seconds as far as for trade trade chips. So and it's in the same draft that Larry was working on there. Yeah. yeah, and I don't understand. Some people have the philosophy that a pick that's two years away, a first that's two years away is worth a second. It's like, I don't know how you do that math. <laughs> but rookie picks, especially first round rookie picks, only increase in value the closer you get to that rookie draft. And I don't even care if it's the 112. And and a lot of times a team that looks strong two years from now that pick could easily be the 101 or 103 or or whatever. I'll probably make a move for a running back at some point with one of my future firsts to uh, to add to my Devontae Adams, Calvin Ridley, Allen Robinson core of wide receiver. It's re- the wide receivers I got are ridiculous. I need some well, help. You need someone to pair with Rojo is what you're saying? Yeah, well, you know, hey, I got the 107, so... <laughs> That's 107. I might be able to do something with it. I'm going to need something at running back because, I mean, I like Rojo. Everybody knows I like Rojo, but not yeah. that much. Not that much. Not to be my RB1. But, but Chad and I say this on the Under the Helmet podcast all the time. You don't need a running back right now because you don't need to set your lineup right now. Absolutely. You got plenty, you got plenty of time. Yeah, and- somebody was saying, you know, I'd like this a lot more if it had running backs. Well, shit, if I want to trade Devontae Adams, I'm going to get a running back, you know. If I want to move a wide receiver, I'm going to be able to do something. You know, when you're looking at, you know, your fourth receiver is Brandon Cooks. I mean, it, it feels pretty good. So with three studs. Yeah. All right. Larry, Larry is cringing. He's he's not feeling great about this because he not, hates wide I'm receivers. Not a, yeah, I'm, not a, I'm not a Brandon Cooks guy. I don't no. like guys that give you goose eggs. And he's a goose egg guy. <laughs> I like the players that everybody thinks are scary because they can bring very good value. Yeah. It's guys like Brandon Cooks that are going to sit in my lineup and score points. I'm never going to trade them, you know. And I, I don't, I don't think his trade value is ever going to rebound. I believe you are correct that it won't. He's a sweetener. That. No, he's more than a sweetener. He averaged 14 points a game last year, something like that. I know he gets a thousand yards every year. I, I know. But I do need running backs. Holy cow, I need running backs. And now, who's his quarterback going to be? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Sam Darnold. Oh. No, I doubt that. You really think that? The Jets would trade for Watson. Yes, it's terrible yes. to say. I didn't think they were in the running. I didn't. I, I don't think he wants There's to go the, there. I don't know why no, he would want was, to go. I guess there was a report yesterday that there were three teams. It was uh, the Jets, the Dolphins, and there was one. Chicago, the Bears. Was it the Bears? 
But anyways, the Jets, were on the, the Jets were on his short list of teams he would accept a trade to. So if they gave up the 102 and Sam Darnold and something else for Watson, who says no? I don't think it's going to be all the picks that everyone else is talking about. I don't think it's going to be three first-round picks. I think if they get Sam Darnold, the 102, and another solid David piece. goddamn Putney. Because yeah. I said so. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. We got Katie Flower here at FF underscore Skylar 399. She's the co-host of the Under the Helmet podcast and the Off the Rails podcast. Man, Dallas, Texas. Whew, you guys over all that cold weather now or what? It was 72 degrees today. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've lost a few plants outside, but for the most part, I was very, very lucky. Katie, the way I explained it here was one night I ran with two pair of pants, two shirts, gloves, hat, neck gaiter, etc. to go running. It was like 29 degrees. The next night, same time, I ran in shorts and a little singlet. It was 60 degrees. I mean, it's just a flip of the switch. The ice was melted. We were good to go. Yeah. So yeah. the ice apocalypse only lasted about five days there. But Thank you guys so much for having me as a uh, guest. I really enjoyed it. Anytime I get a chance to sit and talk to some new people about football, I love it. And uh, thank you. Definitely our pleasure. So thanks for joining us. Oh. I don't know. I don't know. You guys were ribbed for my pleasure. I, I really, uh, hey girl. I really liked it, man. Well, hey, if man. you saw my ass, you'd be quite disappointed. So I'm sorry. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> You're not a running back either. That's right. Yes, and we're, we're I'm still trying to get over that visual of of Justin running in a singlet, but. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Hot Sauce Podcast. <laughs> Talking dynasty football, baby. Come get 